welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where my goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Catley, and today I'm joined by Mykelyn Smith. She is a decor genius, and she's going to talk with us today about how to create a cozy morning space. Y'all, I am all about cozy morning spaces. So let's jump right into our chat today with Mykelyn Smith. Hey, Michael and Smith. Thank you so much for being on the Hello Mornings podcast. Hi, Pat. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have you. Uh, just for our listeners, can you just give us a quick intro, who you are, a little bit about your family, what you do? Oh, my goodness. My name is Michael and Smith. It's a weird name with a Q in it that my mom made up. So when I first started online and I thought the Internet was full of killers, I used the <laughs> nester. <laughs> so some people know me as the nester. Also, it's just weird to use your your real name when it's the only one. And when you look at it and you don't know how to pronounce it, I just feel like that's strange. So I gave myself a pretend name and I use that, too. But I love all things home. I'm obsessed with home. I'm a homebody. I want to encourage women in their home. I never met a home I didn't love and see potential in. So I could talk about it forever. Um, I'm mom of three teenage boys. Actually, our oldest is going to be 21 this fall. Wow. I've been married to my husband, Chad, for 23 years, and we have moved 14 times in our marriage. So I've had lots of practice in lots of different homes. So do you get a special badge or something after you? I mean, honestly, for me, after you've moved the third (laughs) time, I think I think you should get a badge because moving is not in my skill set. Um, and I have to say, your name is unique, but it makes me feel like I'm part of a special club that I, one, know how to pronounce it, and two, know how to spell it without looking it up. Whoa, that's so, so impressive. It does. It makes me feel very, very special. Um, okay, and I love our combo this morning because you are all about home. You, you are great at making homes beautiful. I I am like the anti-Joanna Gaines. I'm, I live in Waco, Texas, and so like... We we have many mutual friends, and they'll go to her house, and they experience one thing. Then look over <laughs> to my house, and they experience the complete opposite. You know, we were rip-sticking in our living room when we were changing out our floors, or our my, my dining room centerpiece doubles as a ping-pong net, and um, I yeah. love that. So, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I did make it creative. It's made out of burlap, and it's with two candlesticks and magnets, so I'm actually kind of proud of it because it doesn't look like a ping pong set when you walk in. It just looks like a really weird centerpiece, but you know. Well, I think that you don't understand the experience that people have when they come from Joanna's house and go to your house. It's probably a ton more similar than what you would expect because they feel loved. They feel welcomed. They feel like they're in a real lived in and loved on home it's us that notice all those extra pretties, but the people, the people that we're welcoming in just feel heard, connected to, and listened to. And I know that's true for your home. And I know that's true for Joanna's home. So, so I think good. you need to give more credit there. <laughs> I, and I, I, you know, I'm totally owning my, my house. And I've realized, it's helped me realize too, that I just, I love 
personally, just the way my house is, my living room, I want it. It's like a library. I think that's my theme. <laughs> I want my house to feel like I'm in a library because my kids will literally open the book drop of a library and sniff. You know, the one where you're like supposed to drop off the books and then leave. <laughs> they open the little flap and then stick their nose in and sniff. And so I feel like if I can make my home feel like a library, then my kids will be really at home and love it. So um, and then we like sports. So you know. I love that. They need a library book, essential oil. Wouldn't that be amazing? I've actually, I've actually looked it up on Amazon, like for library candles or whatever. Nobody seemed to have nailed it yet, but my my kids would love it. I'm sure there's a market out there. So if you are a candle maker person out there listening right now, library scent, we want it. I'll buy stock in it. Okay, so how did you you got started? Well, how did you get started? I mean, I know you've lived in 14 different houses, but you know, I may have lived in 14 different houses and they just would have all looked the same. What got you started in, in decorating? Well, I think I just, it's always been in my blood. Even when we played Barbies, my sister, Emily, and I, I know you know Emily, she always wanted to make up dramatic stories for the Barbies, which is probably why she is such a good writer. And I always wanted to just pick their furniture and create a house for them. Mm. And that kind of bled over into decorating my room as a teenager when mom and dad would go out of town instead of having big parties at the house I would make my sister help me move the furniture around to surprise my parents like ta-da living room (laughs) so then I ended up when I went to college I did um I wanted to be close to home in my town so I went to a little college in my town and they didn't have a design program. They had elementary education. And so I did that. And then about three and a half years into it, I realized, oh, this means I'm going to have to be in a school for the rest <laughs> of my life. A school person. So Chad and I ended up getting engaged and married. And I changed my major to design. I did a year of design. But even that, it just didn't feel like the right fit for me. I, I enjoyed learning, but I didn't enjoy like the AutoCAD classes and I just felt like, what is it that I want to do where I want to help women in their homes, but I don't want to have to order fabric for them? And that didn't really mm-hmm. exist. So I ended up putting my husband through grad school. We started our family. And slowly, as I started creating my own home, I would help friends with theirs. And I did a um, staging and redesign class. And I think that made me feel like, oh, this is where I fit. I want to help women use things they already have to help them enjoy and use their home more. Um, And then blogging came along and man, was that perfect timing for me. And I love the online community. So it's just been a fun way to be able to teach using that elementary education um, background. So I love teaching. I love being at home. I need to stay home in my yoga pants. But I'm talking about home. So it's like the trifecta of perfect scenario for someone like me. It's been the most amazing job. I love what I get to do. And I love the online community so much. It's changed my life. I love how you, one, were brave enough to change your major and to recognize what was for you and what wasn't for you. I think, you know, a lot of times we can just be like, oh, well, I've already committed this far. I might as well just stick with it. You know, it ends up being for the rest of your life. But you were, you kind of made the little adjustments to figure out what was really your thing. And now you're doing what you love, where you love to be, and helping so many women um, who are not 
um, gifted in that area. I have to say your book, The Nesting Place, which was your first book, is the only home decor book that has had a place on my coffee table. So. Oh, wow. You know, I just got chills. Go. Oh my goodness. That means a lot. Um, so today we're talking about kind of how, how to create a cozy God time space. So before we dive super into that, I'd love to chat with you about what your kind of morning routine looks like. You have three teenagers or two and a half teenagers, one a little bit older than that. What yeah. is, what does your morning routine look like these days? Well, I know you and I have talked about it, it looks different. Like it, a lot of it does depend on your kids and their ages and their schedules. And doesn't it seem like as soon as you get one routine down, something changes and now yes. you're figuring out again. And so our oldest is actually in college. Um, like I'll talk about during the school year because summer is I'm it's the you know, it's summer while we're recording this and I still am trying to figure out what my summer routine is. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but the school year is almost always the same for me, which I love. And um, I'm naturally a morning person. I think I, part of me feels like I need to apologize for that because then it seems like mornings come a little easier. <laughs> but what that means is I wake up with a ton of ideas. Are you a morning person mm, naturally? Yes, yes, okay. yes, same. Yeah, so when I wake up, like, I have so many ideas in my head. I'm in my most creative zone. And usually what I need to do is go down to my little office and write, take some notes or write some things down or start working on my creative work for usually I will naturally wake up between five and six, unless I'm super tired. When that happens, actually one time Chad and I woke up and our kids were gone. They went to school, drove them <laughs> It happens. What is this life? I oh, don't even know. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It sounds scary to me at my kids' ages. But it'll sound amazing when they're older. So we don't have to wake our kids up anymore. You know, they're responsible for getting themselves to school, driving everything. But I still wake up early, go down in my office, usually do some a little bit of deep work of my creativity. I try not to look at Instagram or anything because that will totally erase or mess up whatever thoughts have been planted in my head overnight. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I hear them up because I'm in the basement so I can hear them walking around up there. Um, I'll go up and just be present with them. And our boys wake up. I don't know where they got this from, but they wake up a lot earlier than they need to. So they have a good hour of just kind of lay low time. They eat their breakfast really slow. They look at their phones. They joke with each other. It's pretty quiet in the house. Um, so it's just kind of really quiet time. But you have three teenage all... boys and in the morning yep. it's quiet. That's no, amazing. It's unbelievable. Well, you need to write it, another it, book about that. It, it, I don't know how it happened. It's just kind of the nature of their two personalities. Because our oldest is in college and he was more, a much more chatty. Um, so we're still learning what this new family of just the four of us mm. is like, but it's very quiet in the morning. So that's a time where I've learned I can sit in my little corner chair because I have a chair that I designate just for my times of quiet, my reading, my, I don't journal a whole lot, but I do from time to time. And I can't see the TV from that chair. Like it's just this sweet little denim chair that has these exaggerated wing backs. So when you sit back in it, cat, it's almost like an introvert chair. It it's, kind of muffles. The it's world. like it's hugging you. It is. 
but I can see everything that's happening. I see where the boys are. I feel present with them and available. I'm not in my phone, I'm not in my computer, but I really can sit and read my book. I can sit and read my Bible. I can read Jesus Calling. I can meditate a little bit. It's just super quiet, but we're all together. It's really neat time in the morning, unexpected. And I totally know it could go away at any moment. This fall, it could be different. I don't know. But right now, it's been a nice little um, little habit that has come to us. And Chad's usually sitting in his. We all have our special place. Um, he's got his books out. And the boys do their own thing. But it's it's been really good. Do you have a special kind of coffee that you do? You drink coffee? Like you're going to sit in the chair. Do you have your books there already? Do you bring them with you? I have so many questions. Let's start with let's start with uh, the most important yeah. coffee. Do you drink the it? Coffee. Well, right when I wake up, I do. I drink iced coffee every morning, no matter what the weather, even if it's a blizzard. So I have an espresso, and I'll use the espresso pod and make that mixed to uh, stevia. Do you want to know my exact recipe? I, do, I totally do. I totally do. <laughs> I mix two stevia in with that. And then I pour that. Then I fill up the rest of the mug with almond milk and then pour that over ice. And I have my iced coffee that I drink every single day of my life. When did that, when did that start? Because in cold weather, that sounds, well, cold. <laughs> well, I always like 10 years. I don't know. I don't like hot coffee, really. I like cold coffee. Like it's it tastes good. It's like a drink. <laughs> I can't explain. I love yes, it. It's iced, great. Okay. Iced coffee. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I will do that when I first wake up. So if I'm waking up at five, I will do that, feed the cats and then go down to my little cave and, you know, take my night notes that have been, <laughs> that I've been blessed with during the night. <laughs> How do you not um, look, you said you don't look at Instagram while you're doing that. How do you, do you have any methods for not looking at it or is it just sheer willpower? Well, listen, if I am not doing deep creative work, I look at Instagram every morning first thing. But if I know I'm book writing, class creating, um, making like just doing anything that requires deep work, which is like a third maybe of my mornings, then I, I've learned the hard way not to. Like it terrifies me too because, I'll, you know, it just totally changes your mojo and you mm -hmm. forget what you were doing. So once I go downstairs, I just leave my phone upstairs, but I just try not to do it. That's great. That, that I mean, that's just a super simple tip that's, you know, you don't need any special app. Just leave your phone somewhere else. That's yes. good. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned deep work. Have you read, is it Cal Newport that wrote the book, Deep Work? I have. Okay. Have you read it? I well, I I listened to audiobooks and I started reading it and then I got distracted, which is totally the opposite of the book. Well, you probably had some real deep work to work on, Kat. Yeah, probably. But I've heard a lot of people talking about it lately, and I think I struggle with it, especially in the summer, because I'll even you know I feel like it could even be a good good book for my quiet time. Um, just and it talked a lot about just focusing and doing deep work. And I want to do deeper work in studying the word or in prayer. Cause I found that the way my brain works these days that I have a hard time praying. If I'm just sitting there or something, I need to be moving or walking or whatever. Um, right. Anyway. So it just seems like it could be, it's a book that I probably need to dive back into and do some deep work in that book. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great idea. And I think that's a great combination as well. So do that and then get back with me because I want to hear how you're going to apply that. <laughs> okay, I will. Okay, so one thing that I like that you mentioned is the chair. And you talked about even just the shape of the chair. 
helps you in your morning time. It has like the little wing back. So it's like a little introvert chair. And it's just this small thing that probably most people would never think of when thinking about their morning space, but that makes a big difference for you. And then I'm sure there's all kinds of things for all of us, just thinking about our personalities. And when we think about creating our morning space, maybe it's important not to just do it the way somebody else does it, but what do we need? You know, do we need a chair that hugs us? Do we need a chair that is like our introvert chair or, you know, whatever it is. And I love how you figured out that that little thing makes a big difference for you. So you, you have your like morning, you you read your books, you have your coffee. Is there any, do you listen to music or is that something not part of the morning? I have no idea how you listen to music. I cannot (laughs) listen to music before noon. (laughs) Too many words in my, like, I have my own words in my head I need to get out. Not, I can't have extra words being put in. (laughs) (laughs) But, and also, I want to say about the chair, like, I think I totally agree with you about how it's about figuring out what you need and what works best for you. And for me, the chair is just a distractionless zone. And I've Mm. needed different things, and different things have served that in my home, in my life. Um, but right now that's what I needed. And I just tried like 10 different chairs and that was the one that worked that causes less distraction. So even just allowing yourself to move things around and be weird and put things maybe that you would never put together. Maybe you need a big dresser so you can hide all of your notes and your books and your highlighters, whatever that is, let yourself do that and figure it out because it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I love how you said there, I tried 10 different chairs. So in my head, I'm thinking, wait, you went to the store and bought 10 different chairs and then took them all back. Then I'm like, no, wait, I'm talking to the nester. So she pulled chairs from different areas of her house and I tried all those different things. And that's just not really the way my brain works. And I love how creative you are. I was, I I think I remember seeing a picture once where you had like logs that were your entryway table or something. And it looked so cool. And I'm like, my brain would never, ever think of that. So you know, I guess it's kind of like my office and my quiet time place. And actually, my kids like to watch movies in here with me as well is my closet. And I guess sometimes just necessity. What is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure if that's what it says. Is that what it says? Something like that. That's exactly right. Is that right? Okay. So um, so let's talk a little bit about how we can create that cozy space. What What are some elements that make a space cozy? Well, you have to start by paying attention. I think all good design and all thoughtful um, space planning starts with just paying attention to how you um, move, how how you react in a space, what you need, what you hope to do and accomplish, how your family is going to be, what time of day you're using it, all those little things. It's a lot less like knowing the exact design decision to make and a lot more just paying attention to what you like and what you need, which you're already good at that. I'm already good at that. People listening are already good at that. So it's a lot more like art than science, I think, which is fun. Mm -hmm. So just knowing um, what time of day you're going to be there, what kind of light do you respond to most? Do you like seeing your stuff? Um, sitting out, is that like a trigger for you? Like, oh, there's my Bible or my Jesus calling or all of my commentaries, what have you, (laughs) if you're a commentary person. I know for 
like when I'm done, I don't want to see all my, cause I'm messy and I don't want to see my green book and my orange book and my yellow book and my red highlighter and my, you know, I want to be able to easily hide that. So everything is set and ready for the next day. So I had to come up. Now I have like a really big basket next to my chair. The bottom part of the basket is all my books kind of stacked on in so I can see the spine my markers and stuff are just thrown in there. And then my cozy blanket is on top and it always looks pretty just thrown in. So I just had to upgrade, upgrade to a bigger basket because I realized <laughs> my books were on the floor. My, and then I'd either put a throw in the basket. I mean, just stupid, stupid, dumb stuff, but it just makes me like that corner and it works for me better. So paying attention to what annoys you, what welcomes you, what triggers you, I think is really important. That's so good. I just love the way you put that because I think I've always known that. But in my head, I get tripped off by thinking, well, I don't actually know anything about design. So maybe I shouldn't really even maybe I just need to copy somebody. But, you know, when I think about it, we have a chair in our living room. That's kind of my backup quiet time spot if if I don't want to be in my <laughs> office. Well, so it's either my <laughs> office where I'm like, you know, away from everyone. But if everyone's already up, then I kind of want to be with them. And so my backup yeah. chair, I, I actually... Well, I stole, I kind of traded with my daughter. She had a little tiny table in her bedroom that was her nightstand. And I offered her a table that was in our bedroom because hers fit perfectly by my backup chair so that all of a sudden I could actually set my coffee down (laughs) when I'm in the chair instead of balancing it precariously on something. And for some reason, that tiny little table where I could now stack my books and put my coffee, it made all the difference in me enjoying my backup chair. And sometimes, even when I'm up before everybody, going to my backup chair first because of that one little thing because I needed to put my coffee down. And it's not a design thing. It does make it look cute, but people sit in it more because they have a place to put their stuff. So I think that's a great tip to pay attention. That's so good. So Yes, and I look also so happy doing that for you because our homes, I I feel like our homes are there to serve us and want to serve us. And so organizing it in a way, you need a soft surface, you need a hard surface, Mm -hmm. you need a place to put a hot drink, you need a place to be cozy, you need light, like all of those things help us make informed decisions so that our home can serve us and we're not just serving it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it feels a little bit less intimidating to someone like me too, to think about it practically instead of just aesthetically. You know, uh, yeah, yes. just well, like we, we got a new coffee table and it's one of those that it the top lifts up. And so then you can put a ton of stuff inside. And for some yeah. reason, that just makes me so happy. We can keep all my son's Legos inside and not on top where, you know, it clutters up the house or because you know, when I wake up and I go into my backup chair and I want to have my quiet time, I kind of like for it to be to be neat and tidy. Um, yes. Okay, so what are some other elements that make a space cozy? So we pay attention and then we decide, right. okay, I want it to look this way or that way. How do you know, how do we start the process of, you know, for somebody like me that might not think that way, how do we start the process of creating a little cozy space that we look forward to going to? Well, um, a lot of us probably have a little space and we look at it and we see and feel like something feels off. I think that it's like our first thing, like, okay, I'm looking at this corner, I'm looking at my, my chair, my light, whatever it is, and something doesn't feel right. And so I think that's the first thing we need to pay attention to. But I do want to say, if everything feels right to you, don't worry about it. It's probably perfect. But for a lot of us, we'll look at a space in our house and be like, okay, something feels off. And I don't know what it is. 
Now, I can tell you from this side, a lot of the things that happen um, that kind of trip us up when it comes to design are buying things that are too small, not having enough lamps in our house that help us do our thinking or deep work or the things that we want to do, and not having the right surfaces kind of paired with our seating. So that's like big picture stuff. But if you want to tackle your little corner from start to finish, my first suggestion would be to take off and take away any of those little decorative tchotchkes. So your throw, your basket, your pillow, just move everything out so you can get a fresh feel for your corner and feel like, is that chair put in the right place? And, you know, when you compare it to where the window is or where the fireplace is or, you know, are you wanting to watch TV? Are you wanting to put your feet up? All of those little things. Sometimes it helps us to see a space in new light when we remove those extra beautiful things, things we might like and can see our little corner or I don't ever suggest doing more than a room at a time, but just kind of, I call it quieting the space Mm -hmm. so we can get to know it just with those big pieces of furniture. So maybe just leave your chair there. If you have a big piano or something, you don't want to have to move, leave that there. But if you have just little tables and little lamps, I move everything out and kind of start fresh from there. And then you pay attention afresh and you think, okay, how are we going to use this? You know, what, how do I want this space to be? And I I think that for me, and maybe for a lot of people listening, I just never come down to that level. Maybe my brain works at like the 10,000 foot level of, okay, what do we need to do today? Where do we need to go? And I, I don't often stop and just say, okay, how can we use this space better? But I know that for me, as our family has, I mean, not gotten bigger, we've always had three kids, but as we've gotten older, as they've had more friends come over, we don't really have any desire to move, but we need to make our house work for us. And so we've, you know, I've had to do that, especially in my living room, because we don't have a family room as well. We just have a living room. And so I've had to look at some of the different spaces, like my backup chair, or we have this other little corner by a window where there wasn't room for a lot, but I put in a little table and a little chair and I actually stole like one of those pink saucer chairs that teenagers have. I may have yeah. stolen that from one of my kids. I did replace it with a swing chair. So I feel like they upgraded, but, um, and then we put that in by that little table. And so it just created a new little nook that people like to sit in. And even though I'm not a big decorator, it's very exciting to me when I create a new space in a space yeah. we already have that people start yeah. using. Right. Well, and you're so smart, Kat, to, um, again, you're paying attention. It's easy to get stuck in like, well, we've always had this here and I like it. So I'm afraid to change it, which home should be the safest place to take a risk, like move it around. If you hate it, you can move it back. But as our families get older and our kids are doing different things to see what's happening in your home. And a lot of times they will show those areas that need addressing will show themselves by becoming a pile or like a traffic jam or the place everyone wants to sit or the place no one sits. So if we just pay attention, our house can tell us all kinds of things. So for you to realize like, oh, we need more seating. There's a lot of heinies in here and they need to sit. So I think it's such a skill to tuck in like little chairs and little stools and little surfaces. And sometimes that's like one of my goals, like how many, I'll just like go around my living room. Okay. How many people could I fit in here? And your, you know, you have your backup chair. I call it like secondary seating. Like, oh, and if we needed to pull stuff off the porch, like we always have a place for people. And I want to make sure that's something that we have. So I think that's so smart that you're like, you're on it. That's exactly what you should be doing. Yay. 
Okay. So win number one under my belt. So we yeah. let's say we clear out the space and then we're looking at it fresh. We realize, oh, I kind of, you know, I want this to be my quiet time spot. So I want I want to one look forward to it in the morning, but two not fall asleep in it in the morning. <laughs> So what elements are we looking at putting back into that space to achieve those two goals? Well, you did the perfect thing because the next thing is to say, what do I need to use this for? And who else, you know, doesn't need to be used for other things for the rest of the day? Or is this just like my private chair? No one else even has to sit here. So to think about those things. And I am old fashioned grandma and I still make a Pinterest board for everything. So I would say, give yourself 15 minutes and make a little Pinterest board because what that and with that corner in mind or with your living room or whatever it is you're working on in mind, what that will do is kind of teach you the types of spaces that you are longing for right now when you think of that space. So it's not necessarily so like then you'll go and buy that rug that's on the floor. Not that you just might notice some similarities like, oh, everything is really empty or everything is really full and has like all these inspiration um, things on the wall, or there's lots of pattern, or there's no pattern, or there's lots of natural light. Like we can learn so much by making a little Pinterest board, stepping away for a few hours, and then looking back at that. So I would suggest to do that and kind of see the kind of small little area that maybe you need in your life right now. I love that idea because I know so often we can go to Pinterest and suddenly we have this huge wish list, but instead looking at it as how do I figure out what I actually really like? And you just look at pictures and you pin them to your board and then you go back and look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, now I get it. Now I get what I really like. And then I'm yep. guessing you can then start shopping around your house for that space. Is that right? You don't even need me. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what shop your house. Like the furniture stores, sometimes we do need to go to the furniture store, but a lot of times we don't. A lot of times it's just moving around and working with what we have and being willing to put a dresser in your kitchen or move the rug from the bathroom and try things in different areas. So yeah, if you're feeling like, you know what, this overhead light makes me feel weird when I turn it on and read, I really need a lamp, which means I'm going to need a table and I want a table with storage. So it's just all decorating is, is making informed decisions and then choosing the things that you like. And you are already really good at that. I like that. That's perfect. And you said a dresser in my kitchen. I was like, oh, we have an extra dresser in our garage. So anyway, now I'm getting ideas in my head. Um, okay, so let's say we get our chair and whatever in there. How do we make it just this nice, cozy space? What What are things that make a space kind of cozy? Well, coziness is a tool, just like minimalism is a tool. So all our tools in our home are there to serve people. And so the coziness factor comes in and says, what do I need to make myself comfortable? Which I think you made a really good point of like, but not too comfortable. <laughs> right. <laughs> so those cozifiers are things that look pretty, but they also make us more comfortable and able to do whatever it is we need to do in the space. Did you make so, that word up? Cozifiers? Is that really word? Yeah. I wish Deborah Needleman made, well, to, I think she made that word up. It's in her, one of my favorite design books. You would probably love it. I think it's called Perfectly Imp Now I can't remember the title. I'll tell you later. But it is such a sweet design book. And she calls them cozifiers. I love it. Isn't it the best? Like, we all know exactly what that means. <laughs> okay, sorry. I interrupted you. I just had to know. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so 
like if you're in your chair, that's going to be different cosifiers that are needed than like if you're in your guest room, you're going to need pillows for your guest and something cushy for them to put their bare feet on and probably privacy. So you want them to be able to close the drapes. So those are cosifiers that also add beauty and style to our home. And so that same goes whether we're doing our quiet time chair or we're doing a kitchen, whatever that is. What do we need? to serve the people that I also can add some beauty with. So for you, it could be a really cushy pillow that you can kind of use as a lap desk, or maybe you want to put your feet up, or maybe you need, like you said, a hard surface to put your drink. So you're not like trying to balance it on your head while you're <laughs> a book. So just those everyday things. But then also after we add that that layer of like coziness or the lighting or you know making sure we have the right window treatment so the sun isn't shining and glaring on us um there's a there's that last layer that we all like to go to first like the artwork and the tchotchkes Hmm. and once we get those main things that we that actually help us live in our home we get those done correctly and in the right order so if we need a rug if we need to put the furniture in the right place if we make sure we have a surface next to all the seating so everyone can set down a drink then we move on to the wall art and the tchotchkes and I think that's the biggest mistake that we make is that those are the fun things those are the things we walk through Target and like oh that vase is so cute I'm gonna throw that in my cart but we don't start with those we those are the last things that we add and once we have everything else right a lot of times we realize we need a lot less of those things than we originally thought. That's so encouraging because honestly, those are the intimidating things to me. And so I love that, you know, I feel like you've given me permission to say, okay, first I can just be practical and think, okay, this is what I need. This is what works. This is what make me, makes me feel cozy. And then I can add all the things that I'm not so sure about later or enlist my friend's help without getting off track of what I actually need. <laughs> so oh, I yes. love that. That's perfect. Um, yeah. And a lot of times it's just all you need to, you know, satisfy that is maybe a throw over the chair mm-hmm. and maybe a plant in a lamp, you know, next to your lamp on the table. And suddenly because you have the chair in the right place, the right size rug, your window treatments hung correctly, you'll, you hardly need anything else. It's amazing. It's like magic when you do things in the right order and make the decisions with the people and the living in mind. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to share the only design tip that I have, and I got it from Sally Clarkson. And it's basically that candles and music can transform a space. And so even if my living room is a mess, I have these little um, remote controlled electric candles in our fireplace. Uh, And then I have just, um, you know, a remote control for our music. And I'll, I'll have like old hymns i think it's like pian- orchestral music but it's old hymns so that's that's actually how i often listen to music in the morning is there are no words in it um and so so if i'll just, even if the house is a wreck if i turn on the candles and i turn on the music suddenly the space feels as sally clarkson would say it feels civilized and, <laughs> and i feel like when i do that i feel much better about the space and i love these I just love the, uh, really just the permission that you've given to be like, okay, this can just be a super practical thing and then we can make it pretty later, maybe with people's help, but yes. we just it can just be practical um, at first. So you have a new book. You want to tell us a little bit about that and maybe where people can get a hold of it? I do. It's a design book, a decorating book for everyday women, which I thought I would never do because I don't care how everyday women decorate their home because I love all of your homes already. 
However, oh, and the name of it is Cozy Minimalist Home. Subtitle is More Style, Less Stuff. So as I um, decorated this house that we live in now, which is our first house that we've owned in like 10 years, I realized that I had all these little trinkets, like the stuff that you said you're intimidated of. That's my favorite stuff. All the little the la- it's really that last 10%, but that's all the stuff I always want. Like, let me buy more wall art. Let me get another pillow. <laughs> let me get another vase. Target, target, target. I love that stuff. But that does nothing to really help us live in our space. And so I had to kind of start fresh and step by step create a home in this much smaller house with our three boys and our dog and our two cats Um, a space that we could truly live in. And I wanted it to have like the least amount of stuff, but I love beauty and style and I wanted it to have the most style. So I realized that actually could really help women. And I am willing to get on board writing a decorating book within the framework of getting the most amount of style out of the least amount of stuff. Cause we all need some white space, but we also all need some cozy in our life. Mm -hmm. So good. And you know, just, from what you've walked us through just in the last 30 minutes makes me so excited about what you're going to walk people through in the course of this book, because it's just, I don't know, your approach to design feels very unintimidating, very freeing. And honestly, it makes me think, I know what the kids and I are going to be doing the rest of today. We're going to be looking around the house and, you know, looking for ways to make different spaces cozy and fun and and maybe moving that dresser into my kitchen. Um, where can people find you online? That sounds and- perfect. Awesome. Where will where can people find you and where will they be able to get a copy of the book? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at the Nestor. That's where I hang out the most. I'm also at the and the book is anywhere books are sold. Awesome. You know, I'm going to wrap this up by just saying one fun little nugget for everybody listening. If you don't already have the Hello Mornings book, you can get to the first chapter of it at um, Hello Mornings dot org forward slash book. And I think it's in the first chapter. Uh, This is just a fun little connection. Uh, I talk about Michaelin's sister. And so Michaelin's whole family has a very dear place in my heart. If you have read the first chapter of the book, you'll remember my story about going to the Philippines and then meeting my family. And Emily was one of the very few people that was there. And she actually um, she actually made me cry. She was one of the ones that made me cry when I went through customs because we got off the plane and, you know, I had only met everybody like 24 hours before, 12 hours before or whatever. And we get off the plane and she walked up to me and she says, this must be a really big deal for you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so you and your family just have a permanent dear spot in my heart for being a part of that life-changing moment. And so I'm just honored to have you on the podcast today. And I love what just how you and your sister and your dad, I guess, are impacting the online community and making a difference in people's lives in so many different ways. So thank you so much for being on the Hello Mornings podcast today, Michael. Oh, thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for how you teach us and guide us and lead us and your hard work and your beautiful book and, you know, sharing your life with us. It's been such a joy to get to know you. Awesome. Well, everybody go follow Michael Lynn on Instagram, The Nestor, right? Did I say that right? Yep. Awesome. Yep. All right. Thanks, Michael Lynn. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kat. All right. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat today with Michael and Smith. And if you need more resources for your morning, 
be sure to check out our Hello Mornings book. You can download the first chapter for free at hellomornings.org forward slash book. And if you want links to anything that we mentioned in the show today, be sure to check out the show notes for this episode over at hellomornings.org. Just click on the link to today's show right there on the homepage. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. And I'll see you next time on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. This time for you I bow before the throne Of a noble king And in this place My heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com. Mm-hmm.